Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I saw a Twitter comment about the title of Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. It said that Mindhunter is the sort of name that a fake TV show has in another TV show. It's true. It's true. It's like what they call the action movie or something inside of another thing. It's not a great title. What's the name of the show Inside Daria? Mad Mad World. No, Sad Sad World. Sick Sad World. Good. <laughs> that sort of thing. Get ready to have your mind hunted. <laughs> they just get worse and worse, don't they? Welcome to I Only Like You. It's a movie review podcast by me, Lonnie, with the only person I like, my girlfriend, Sinead. Hello. Thank you. This week we have watched Mindhunter, the new David Fincher-inspired Netflix TV show. Well, hold on. When you say David Fincher-inspired, oh, it sounds well, like it's based on him. <laughs> Good point. David Fincher is like one of the producers and directed the first two and last episodes of this show. But... In a way, the whole show was inspired by his sort of work. Mm. You could make an argument. Mm. You're right. It's not about him hunting mines. <laughs> it is about the beginning of criminal profiling in America, in the FBI. Essentially, it's about these two FBI agents who decide to interview serial killers. One up-and-coming rogue cop and one sort of conditioned old cop. Yeah. So we're going to get into some spoilers for this one because we can't really talk about it without talking about some elements of the plot. First thing, his name's Holden Ford. Oh, my God. I can't, like. <laughs> what? Is there an Australian working on this show who just did that and no <laughs> one picked up on it? So far, now it's got out there and it's gone too far. It's not can't like stop. it was commented on by anybody at all. And then Adam Torp's character's named Carr. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Carr, Holden Ford. People outside of Australia, Holden and Ford are like the two big rival um, racing car yeah. brands here. My yeah. family are staunch Ford supporters. I couldn't really give a shit. They're cars, but. I don't care either. <laughs> but it is weird that it's like, what's an example of like two? It's like having a character called Pepsi Coke, isn't it? I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch like, say, a kid's. Animated bunny show. Yeah. And the main character's name is Pe- Pepsi Cola or something. Do you remember, you do that thing about your porn star name is your, the street you grew up on and also your oh, yeah. first animal? I had a friend at school whose his name was Pepsi West. That's great. It's a good name, isn't it? That's a good name. So hang on, they named. They had a dog their... called Pepsi or a cat called Pepsi. That's a great name. On West Street. Pepsi's great. Mm-hmm. We're very much Pepsi household. Pepsi West household. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's so weird every time they call, talk, you know, Agent Holden Ford is here, with, you know, with his friend Carr. <laughs> it's <so> strange. <laughs> so 
So the show was based on a book as well yeah, by so- the FBI agent who Holden Ford is. So it's inspired by that, but it's mm. not really about well, those no, it's people. Like, it's based on that sort of concept of how that sort of profiling of criminal serial mm-hmm. killers came mm-hmm. to be sure. the norm in the FBI. Crazy to think that for so long the whole point of the FBI and law enforcement over there was just all, and everywhere was let's put them in jail, throw away the key. Yeah, it definitely the show definitely opens up a lot of like morality questions mm-hmm. um and even i don't know if it's in the first episode but the first couple of episodes when he's interviewing ed kemper and he asks the question well what are we supposed to do with you and the mm. guy says well probably a lifetime of torture and then you know kill me yeah. kill me i guess it's a good i don't know it raises a good question and for me it kind of brought up stuff there's a lot of the sexual harassment allegations that are going on in hollywood at the moment what do we do with these people once they have been found guilty or once – not that I'm comparing that to serial killing. Well, maybe I am in a way. I don't know. I'm just saying it asks the question, what does society do with someone that is too far gone or that there's no hope for rehabilitation? Yeah, the people in Hollywood at the moment who are being found out, there are no allegations yet of people being serial killers, but there is serial abuse yeah. happening over and over. yeah. And you know, power imbalances and all those sort of things similar enough. But you're right. What do we do with them? Mm. They're found out in their 40s, but they might live for another 60 years. I'm not saying they should just get a slap across the wrist and go work again and be in positions where they can keep on abusing. But what do they do? Yeah. I guess the point, you know, they should be rehabilitated somehow. Mm. Or maybe they... But I'm not saying I don't think I want them to still be in the same positions where they no. can be doing that. So There's an interesting dynamic in this show where it's very much old school thought versus new school thought and it's like this wave of innovation trying to, you know, change things within an institution. And the old way of thinking is that, well, someone's done something bad, just put them in prison. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yes, it remo- removes the immediate threat of them killing people, but... Holden's perspective is like, well, why can't we use this to better our understanding of people like this, to stop it happening in the future? The old school mentality is very much just wait till the crimes happen and then punish rather than trying to preempt and stop before it happens. And there's a question that's raised in the show that I find really interesting, which is about whether people are born good or bad and it's just a matter of time before they make that known or whether people are complex and people do things for a myriad of reasons. It's very much the psycho- psychological understanding of people and why they behave the way that they do. Interesting point you said there about whether they can prevent the crimes before they can happen. Mm. It's hard to gauge really doing that, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. how do you stop someone from doing something they haven't done yet? Exactly. But why not? I guess you could try and change try. the conditions of life and... But you're right, someone could have just have one bad day and then just like it's happened this morning in America, go get a gun and go kill a bunch of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not saying you can't. I don't think you can stop every single time. But um, but what's the point of the law enforcement then? Is it to stop crimes from happening or to look after them, look, you know, well, that, yeah. investigate them after they've happened? That's one of the questions that show raises, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the cast for a little bit? So I have found... A new Hollywood crush. His name is Jonathan Groff. Ed Kemper. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Lonnie! 
Although, incredible actor. Like, oh. Cameron Britton's the actor of Ed Kemper. Right? Does a yes. great job, yeah. Jonathan Groff. Um, also known as Christoph in Frozen. Also known. You wouldn't pick it, would you, from the show? <laughs> also known as um, some guy from Hamilton. We haven't seen Hamilton. He plays the King George, doesn't he? We're in Australia. We get things 10 years after they are well known. Anyway, he gave me very, like, close Matt Donovan vibes in the beginning from Vampire mm, Diaries. Mm. But, I, hello, hello, I don't, I don't think Matt Mr. Donovan Groff. can sing like that. I don't think so, <laughs> no. Um, he still found him attractive, even though he's being, like, creepy, dead-eyed, holding forward. Yeah, because he was, like, all serious and, ooh, mm, you intense, know. Wasn't he? So I'm just saying, hello, uh, he's on my radar. <laughs> Anna Torv is an Australian actress as well, and she plays sort of a consultant to the FBI car, mm. who we mentioned before, and she's incredible as well. Like, the, oh, the acting in this show is phenomenal. Absolutely top-notch. Top notch. Especially because it's a real actor's show because it's not action-based. No. It's dialogue-based for, for it's the most part. It's character-driven. It's very heavy dialogue, but it's sort of hinges on the performances because it's about mm-hmm. building this tension and we watched a video recently about david finch's camera work and although he didn't direct every episode his feel was definitely in all of them and the way that he constantly i don't know changes how close up to make a character seem really grotesque and the small little shifts in body language and the camera Mm -hmm. moves with them oh it was just intense i remember pausing one episode halfway through to go to the toilet or something and i said to you why am i so freaked out right now Nothing's happening. They're just talking. But mm-hmm. I honestly feel like someone's about to lose it. Someone, Something big's going to happen, you know. It's very rare in the show. I can't think of the enemy when they're, like, chasing somebody and they're in danger. There's no, like, car chases no. or gunfights or anything. But... No. It's that imminent danger, isn't it, that comes mm. from when you're speaking with a serial killer and you know what they've done. It wouldn't take a lot for them mm. to hurt you as well. Like, well, it was just. As we see in the last moments of the series. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to argue that I don't think the opening sequence of the show fit. Um, Do like the titles, you mean? Or No, the sequence where um, Holden's called in okay, to not, talk yeah. to the guy who's okay. got the hostage. Mm. Like I get it because he's like, well, we could have stopped that maybe, but I don't know, for me that didn't affect him enough or didn't have as much... Um, didn't have as many consequences as I thought something like that should. It just didn't fit with the whole narrative. And I think the reason why I feel unsettled by it is because I struggled with this show of whether, whether it was trying to be a psychological interviewing serial killers, figuring out why they were, or like a procedural cop drama with bureaucracy and that kind of thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's both, isn't it? They're using the information they get from the interviews with serial killers and applying that to police investigations. And I liked that, in theory. And it's kind of cool. It's a bit different than your traditional um, police procedural show. But it's kind of like, let's just get back to Ed Kemper. He's interesting. I know. The most interesting bits were were talking to the um, serial killers. And then I feel like, especially the bits with Holden and Debbie... His girlfriend or the girl he was seeing. Yeah, they dragged. Completely dragged. But 
I don't think that was the fault of that story necessarily. It was just the fault that that wasn't as interesting as the other stuff. And every time they flick back to them talking about, I don't know what they were talking about for half the show, um, I wanted to get back to talking to the serial killers and, you know, learning more about them. And maybe that was done on purpose because that's what Holden was, right? He was distant to her because his head was in another place the whole time and he was interested mm. in his work and that kind of thing. So maybe that worked, but um, I don't know. That did drag the show for me. The other thing I'm not sure about, which I know a lot of people seem to have an issue about, is throughout the season we see basically a creepy guy who we infer to be a, a future serial killer. They're like little mini cold opens to all the shows. <coughs> Some of them are like 20 seconds worth. That's yeah, so disorienting. just doesn't work, does it? It just doesn't work. And it's, yeah, used as cold opens for a lot. And I was waiting sort of the whole season for their storylines to merge and for, I don't know, maybe we're seeing this guy going on his own and eventually Holden will catch up with him. But that never happened. And then it might have a next season, but it's like oh, <clears throat> a waste of this season. It is. It was a waste of time. And then at the end, to have him burning the drawings in the dustbin fire—I don't know—thing. I just feel like you could have had that, and we didn't need to know anything else that, that he'd done the whole season. And it could have been a fine setup for next season. It could have been a cool ending to the whole season. Like, oh, this guy's out there. It could have We're been. We're going to see him next season, are we? Yeah, it could have been like, who is this guy? And, oh, he's burning drawings. Okay, he seems bad. But it was just the time that he spent, well, the time of the series that was taken up with flashes of him could have been used for something else. And I feel like that was totally um, insufficient setup for season two. And it pissed me off, quite frankly, because I felt like there was no need for it. And I feel like I've been played a little bit. And I don't like feeling like that. Similarly, the end of the season with Holden having his sort of breakdown, like I get it, but that wasn't enough for me. I wanted something to happen at the end and I don't know what I wanted to happen, but it just felt like a bit of a letdown. I see where you're coming from. To play devil's advocate for one second, do you want it to be just like every other TV show? No, no, I don't. I Are we upset that it's not? playing by the rules of other TV shows and it's doing something different and then we're all going to hate it and then get upset when every other TV show is just like every other TV show. Yeah, I get your point. I think, but think about it like logically. So the FBI investigation people have found out that he withheld evidence, right? So where does he go then? Where does his character go? Because he's going to have to somehow redeem himself and continue doing what he's doing, right? Otherwise we wouldn't have the FBI today and the way that they look at crimes. Like we kind of know the outcome. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like we're just sort of biding time until we feel that he can just join them again and keep doing what he was doing. What if he gets sacked and then we get someone else in next season? Okay, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it could be one way around it. It could be a Game of Thrones-like thing where they kill people off mm. that you never saw coming. Could blow our minds. Could be a Zoe Barnes sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're weird, but, you know. Um, yeah, you're right. It's a very good point. Where does he go from this? Because he has done something bad. But maybe he just has a six-month you know, sit-out and then he's back because it's a big crime happening that they need his help because yeah, think, he's so good. I think my point is why have him 
incriminate himself then. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's just going to be back anyway. For sure, consequences of his journey. Yeah, I guess He was so. getting so up himself, basically. He was, yeah. That, the last two episodes did a really nice job of highlighting his cockiness and then the fall from grace. That was really great. And I've seen people talking shit online about, oh, he's going to become a serial killer himself. I'm like, I don't think this no. is that kind of show. <laughs> no. It's certainly um, showing that he is getting as creepy as people is interviewing. Mm. But I think it would be a bit of a stretch to take him to be a killer himself. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the fact is he's found a way that works, which is a way of getting on their level and speaking the way that mm. they do, which gets results and everyone else isn't really seeing that. But also I think he kind of likes the fact that he can get away with that. Yeah, so maybe his breakdown will show him that he hasn't got to go so far. Maybe, yeah. And that he can get results without, you know, he can, without staring into the abyss too long. Mm. You know. I just wanted to shout out to Holt McCallany, great actor, yeah. Bill Tench, wonderful. Great actor, definitely, and I really liked his character, but nothing happened with his storyline, with his son and everything. Like, were we supposed to infer that his son was going to grow up to be a serial killer? Because that's what I was inferring. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was just showing he couldn't communicate with him. Yeah. He could, but he could communicate with the killers. Okay, all right. That he was with. And then again, I think it was just showing how he had to compartmentalise his life. Mm, and the consequences of the work that he did on his, yeah, fair enough. And that he had such a tough job and he was away for so long. He went, when he got home, he just wanted to chill out, didn't want to have to deal with yeah. somebody else who was troubled. Mm. But then he's, you know, he should have been there for his son though. But that, I don't think it was like forgotten about. I think it was just those few episodes highlighted what was happening in his life and it'll come back next season. Yeah. You know, I didn't see it. It was like a misstep. I thought it was more just a, we'll get back to this in the future. Yeah. Especially because they seemed to like they had a few episodes on each character of the main three, didn't they? Yeah. So maybe they like started off with Holden, went to Bill, went to. Wendy, and then they're going to come back. They came mm. back to him. So, mm. now what would you give it out of five? So, now if you had to do that, how I many minds? How many minds? I'd probably give it either three and a half or four minds. It was no. good, and I enjoyed it. However, it's quite slow paced, and you've got to stick in for a few episodes before stuff happens. And it's one of those shows that's very, it's very cerebral. So you can't be on your phone while you're watching it. You've, which we hate when people do that anyway. But you've got to definitely sit down and think about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it four stars as well, and I agree with you that it it's its own sort of thing, and not everything works, as we've said, but the performances are great, and if you're there just to watch good acting and good writing, yeah, good directing, not all the story things work, and you're right, it could be a bit faster, but that it's its own thing, so yeah. that's, that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I'm keen to watch another season of it. So. Yeah, definitely. I th- from what I've heard, the next season will be about a specific serial killer, I think. Okay. A spade of murders that are like inspired by real life. Like all these people were inspired by real people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so that could be kind of cool if, if it's if it's one mystery, one yeah. killing. This one, it do kind of feel a bit episodic in that yes. sense, isn't it? It's yeah. like we do this for a couple of episodes, this, do this. You know. And there was sort of a new serial killer every couple of episodes as well. Yeah. So and it was like... Let's be honest, they weren't as interesting as Ed Campbell, were No, they? they weren't. They weren't. They picked too soon. Yeah. Okay, then, that's Mindhunter. Thank you very much for listening. Am I a serial killer? How would you know? I'd know. Would you? Yeah. So I'm not. Good. 
But that is the kind of thing a serial killer. Mm. Well, no, unless you're Ed Kemper, who's just like, yeah, I did it, so what? Yeah. He should have his own spin-off show. <laughs> the Ed Kemper Show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Happy hunting. Of mines. Like, mine hunter? That's not the... Mine sweeper. <laughs> Bull game you used to be able to play on Windows. Can you still play it? You know how you do the right click and you put a little flag down? Mm-hmm. You just love doing that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.